You're listening to The Simple Truth with Pastor Dion Cordova of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel. Say it out loud. What? Turning a negative into a positive. That horrible divorce, the tragic accident, the terminal diagnosis, the unreasonable mandate, whatever negative circumstance or consequence, Jesus can and will work it for the good of those who love and follow God. In life, nobody likes staying in a bad situation. Maybe you're there for a season, but you're believing that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Jesus is there to see you through. Pastor Dion emphasizes that Jesus will always turn a negative into a positive for the good of those who love and follow Him. The scriptures also urge us to not keep sinning just because of the grace of God, but to strive for God's heart. Don't take advantage of the love of God, but allow God to turn your loss into a win for His heavenly kingdom. Now let's join Pastor Dion in the book of Romans chapter 8 as he continues his message, The Function of the Holy Spirit. Well guys, in this series called Foundations, we've been learning about the foundations of our Christian faith. And we've answered questions like, does God exist? And we looked at creation, we looked at conscience, and those things verify and tell us that God, in fact, does exist. Everybody say, yes, he does, right? So we answered that question. The next question we answered is, since God exists, what is God like? Well, we found out that God revealed himself through the Bible, self-disclosure. And here's what God told us about himself. He is almighty. He is eternal. He is all-powerful. He is all-knowing. He is ever-present. He is transcendent, meaning above all. He is immutable, meaning that He never changes. He is loving, forgiving. He is holy. He is personable and reaches out to us. Can you say amen? Which is really awesome. And then the next way we realize that God revealed Himself And what is he like? To tell us what he's like is he revealed himself through his son, Jesus. Everybody say his name. Through his son, what? Jesus. Now, Jesus revealed the Father to us. He revealed the Father's love, the Father's grace, the Father's forgiveness, the Father's salvation. He revealed the Father's reconciliation. In fact, John 3.16, a very familiar verse, says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whosoever or everyone who believes in Him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Can you say amen to that? Jesus revealed the Father to us. Jesus made salvation available for everyone everywhere. And he wanted everyone everywhere to know it. So after his earthly ministry and mission, Jesus sent the person of the Holy Spirit to enlighten everyone everywhere. 
So Jesus came providing salvation. He is a reflection of the Father. He is basically revealing the Father's love, the Father's forgiveness, the Father's salvation, the Father's reconciliation. And He becomes the one who takes our sin upon Himself. And then He wants the whole world to know. He made that salvation available for everyone, everywhere. And then He wants everyone, everywhere to know it. So he sent the Holy Spirit. Jesus described the Holy Spirit's assignment. He told us what the Holy Spirit would do. The Holy Spirit would draw unbelievers to the Lord. The Holy Spirit would then regenerate those who believe, who show faith in Christ. He would regenerate them, make them alive. Then he would, the Holy Spirit will indwell those believers He will seal those believers and He will help. Everybody said all out. He'll what? Help those believers by shaping them, by teaching them, by leading them, by guiding them. And we talked about how the Holy Spirit fills all of those functions. And here's another function the Holy Spirit does. He does the shaping, the teaching, the leading, the guiding, and He does this. Everybody said out loud the what? Advocating. Say it out loud again. What? Advocating. Now, an advocate is someone who pleads on the behalf of someone else. This is another way that the Holy Spirit helps us by pleading our case. Romans chapter 8, verse 26, starting with verse 26, says this. Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. The Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. Now let me ask, since you've been a Christian, have your weaknesses or shortcomings, you know, your lack of faith, your lack of patience, your lack of love, your lack of humility, your lack of surrender, or your lack of self-control. Have those things, those shortcomings, ever ruined things for you? Since you've become a Christian, have they? Can I see your hand if they have? Yeah, just don't be afraid. Everybody just hold up your hand. Now look over at your neighbor and say, you blockhead! Look at him. You blockhead! Now unlike Lucy... Uh, and Charlie Brown, and your neighbor, the Holy Spirit won't call you a blockhead. The Holy Spirit won't demean, belittle, or condemn you. Instead, we're told that the Holy Spirit helps us. Say it again. He does what? He helps us. So, So we have shortcomings. We have these issues in our life that we deal with, that we struggle with. And, you know, while your neighbor might call you a blockhead, while your spouse or friend might, you know, do that, the Holy Spirit, what does He do? 
He helps us. See, at the moment when we don't know what to do, how to pray, or how to fix the situation, the scripture said that the Holy Spirit expresses feelings, groanings, sighs. Yeah, sometimes we make the Holy Spirit say, oh, oh, zoinks, yikes. We make the Holy Spirit say, shh, go ahead and do it, flat tire, shh. Or the Holy Spirit say, jeez. Look at your neighbor and say, you know you've done it. You know you've made the Holy Spirit make the... And he expresses himself, but then it says he lifts us up to the Lord in prayer. So he recognizes our shortcomings. He acknowledges them. He'll do a face palm, you know. Oh. But then he lifts us up to the Lord in prayer. You know, he sings that song, help, he needs somebody, help, not just anybody, help, she needs someone, right? Help, the Holy Spirit cries out, help. Like me, the Holy Spirit might be a little tone deaf and off key, but Jesus knows exactly what the Holy Spirit is asking for when he lifts us up because of our shortcomings, amen? In fact, would it not be for the Holy Spirit, we would stay in pain, in perplexity, we would stay in pride, or we would stay in peril. Because sometimes we don't know how to pray. Sometimes we don't know what to pray. And sometimes we just don't want to pray. But He, the Holy Spirit, calls out to Jesus when we are too weak, when we are too weary, when we are too wimpy, when we are too whiplashed. He calls out to the Lord. The Holy Spirit knows what we need when we need it, and He gets on the horn with our Savior right away. That's what it says. And according to the Scripture we read, Jesus immediately at that point, once the Holy Spirit has notified Him, Jesus immediately starts praying for our strength, for our courage, for our repentance, and for our change. And when we finally turn around, when we finally confess our shortcoming and repent and commit to Him, Jesus then, the Scripture said, will make all things work together for our good. Turning a negative into a positive. Say it out loud. What? Turning a negative into a positive. That horrible divorce the tragic accident, the terminal diagnosis, the unreasonable mandate, whatever negative circumstance or consequence, Jesus can and will work it for the good of those who love and follow God. All right, so even if you are the responsible party for you know, because of your shortcoming, and you have a consequence, or whatever the negative circumstance is. Look, when we're in trouble, the Holy Spirit immediately comes, and He lifts us up to the Lord. And then the Lord Himself prays for us, 
And then he begins immediately to work, Jesus does, to make all those negative things work together to become a positive thing in our life. That is really awesome right there, guys. That's how the Holy Spirit helps. See, the Holy Spirit doesn't want our failures to be fatal. So the Holy Spirit is on the job 24-7, 365 days a year, helping. Everybody said, how often? 24-7, 365. And what is he doing? Helping. That's pretty cool. Now, another way that the Holy Spirit helps us, all right, not just when we're dealing with our shortcomings. He helps our weaknesses. He talks to the Lord and builds us up. But another way that the Holy Spirit helps us is He places us or plants us in a church. Can you say that word out loud? In a what? A church. The Holy Spirit helps us by planting us in to a local fellowship, into a church. Here's the verse, 1 Corinthians Chapter 12 and verse 12. Our bodies have many parts, but the many parts make up only one body when they are all put together. So it is with the body of Christ. Each of us is part of the one body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some of us are Gentiles, some are slaves, some are free, some are vaccinated, and some are unvaccinated. But the Holy Spirit has fitted us all together in one body. Let's read that last line again. But the Holy Spirit has fitted us all together into one body. Did you catch it? That's the Holy Spirit's job. One of the things He does to help us. See, the Holy Spirit can teach. He can tutor. He can coach us. He can guide us and shape us individually. But we need a place to practice. We need a place to participate. We need a place to produce. I mean, he who does not find the time to exercise, the quote says, may have to find time for illness. Everybody say, uh-oh. The Holy Spirit knows that when it comes to our spiritual growth, everybody say it out loud, it takes a village. Say it, what? It takes a village. That Nigerian proverb, it takes a village, communicates that the responsibility of raising a child is a communal effort. Parents, grandparents, siblings, aunts, uncles, cousins, neighbors, and friends are all part of the ongoing education protection, and formation of a child. Basically what it says, life is easier when you're part of a network of family and friends. Now, our growth is truly our personal responsibility. No one can grow for you, right? Just like no one can diet for you. No one can exercise for you. No one can grow spiritually for you. It is literally your responsibility. But the Holy Spirit makes sure to plant us. He plants us and surrounds us with people that encourage, stimulate, and facilitate our spiritual growth. 
You guys got that? I like that about the Holy Spirit. I like that about the Lord. That He wants us to grow. He wants us to mature. He wants us to develop. He wants us to become more like Him. So He has the Holy Spirit plant us in a place where we're surrounded by others of like precious faith. Yet, there are some Christians who reject this function of the Holy Spirit placing us in a local church. They oppose it. They avoid it. They think they don't need a church family. They think that they are better off without a church community. Be careful. Everybody say it out loud. And go ahead and point your finger like, Be careful. Consider the vast animal kingdom. Most species are a part of a herd, a colony, a swarm, a troop, a pride, a pack, a flock. Most species are part of that. There are only a handful of animals that choose to be autonomous, that choose to be detached, that choose to be loners, like sharks, rhinos, tigers, bears, and your domesticated cat. But the truth be told, these loners are all messed up. They're all maladjusted. They are selfish, temperamental, hateful, crude, vicious. Does that remind you of anyone? Like maybe some of those Christians who claim they don't need church or don't want to stay plugged into a church? Listen, we need community. Everybody say it out loud. What do we need? Community. Like the story of a man who attended church regularly and all of a sudden he just stopped going. After several weeks, the pastor paid him a visit, went to his house. The man, though he was a little annoyed by the pastor's visit, invited the pastor into the living room and sat down waiting for the pastor to give him the scolding. They sat in front of a roaring fireplace, but the pastor never said a word, just sat quietly staring into the fire. After a while, the pastor stood and took the tongs next to the hearth and he separated a large red hot coal that was in the fire and set it aside and then he sat back down. They both watched quietly as this coal lost its glow and eventually grew cold and dark. Then the pastor stood again and moved the coal next to the other burning coals and it came back to life. With that, the pastor announced that he had to leave. The man walked the pastor to the door and said, Pastor, thanks for the visit. And thanks for the fiery sermon. I'll be back next Sunday. Yeah, right? Listen, that's the reason Jesus founded and designed the church. The church is a divine design. It's not man's idea or man's creation. It was God's divine design. Jesus' divine design. In fact, before Jesus died and resurrected, making salvation or spiritual life possible for all of us, He had already planned a community in which we are to grow. In fact, listen to Jesus' words. This is literally the last 
10 days, happened within the last 10 days of Jesus' life and ministry. Jesus answered and said to them, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will, everybody, build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Now, prior to this verse, Jesus had asked his disciples about the word on the streets. Who do people say that I am? Jesus asked his disciples. Well, the disciples answered, some think you're John the Baptist reincarnated. Some people think that you are Jeremiah, uh, you know, because there was a legend about Jeremiah returning. Then Jesus looked at them and asked them, well, who do you guys say that I am? Peter broke the silence. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. That's when Jesus said, the Spirit of God has revealed this to you, Peter. And upon this revelation of who I am, the Savior, the King, Lord, I'm going to build my church. Everybody, he's going to build what? His church. Now, the Greek word that Jesus used for his church is the word ekklesia. That's not a building, but a community of believers. A movement. Everybody said a lot of what? A movement. So Jesus said, hey, listen, I am going to build my church a movement. It's going to be a place for them to grow, a place for them to practice, a place for them to produce. Peter explained the church, this movement like this in 1 Peter 2, verse 4. You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So the Holy Spirit sets us, connects us, links us with others. It's the way the Lord builds this community. It's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit plants every single believer in the movement, in a church family. The church provides a place to learn, a place to worship, a place to share, a place to serve. The church provides a place to grow in responsibility and accountability. I'm going to say it again because it's pretty important. The church provides a place to grow, a place to learn, a place to worship, it provides a place to share, to serve, and it provides a place to grow in responsibility and accountability. As we cling to the Thanks for joining us here on The Simple Truth with Pastor Dion Cordova. Pastor Dion has been taking it down to the foundation in the current series, laying out the basics of the faith. Doesn't going back to the basics just sound lovely? Take away all the cares of the world, drop off your adult worries and responsibilities, and go back to the time of Jesus loves me, this I know. The foundation of our faith rests on that one extraordinary truth. Jesus loves me. Jesus loves you. How do we know? The Bible tells us so over and over in a million different ways. 
So how has this time of resting on the simple truth felt to you? Can you feel the love of Jesus surrounding you? He wants you to feel that way all the time, in every situation. So when you leave this holy space with the Lord, take his love with you. And here's the truth, my friend. The more time you spend in the word with Jesus, the more you'll know and feel his love for you. If you're not ready to leave this space just yet, don't worry. You can stick around. Pastor Dion has many more messages of God's love, and they're all stored on our YouTube page. Just head on over there next to continue in the word. The Simple Truth is a ministry out of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel in Española, New Mexico. To find out more about us and find our church, head on over to tmcalvary.com. Once again, that's tmcalvary.com. We'd love to have you come see us sometime. And with that, we have come to the end of our time together. Come back next time to soak in more love right here on The Simple Truth. Let us join our hands and together we stand. Together we